Are you looking for a new way to play fantasy sports? Well, we've got you covered. Welcome to Champions Round. Welcome back to the Champions Round Show. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Michael Gradenetti. Michael, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, Jason. I had a little better juju this past weekend than I did the week before in my fantasy matchup. So I'm, I'm riding on a high note going into next week and excited for more football. Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm also riding a high from the Dodgers World Series. This is true. Uh, last night. Yeah, last night. So this, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Last night, the Dodgers won the World Series in six. Um awesome game for us and two titles in two and a half weeks uh life's pretty good right now i'd say so i'd say so we get the lakers and we got the dodgers man we are uh we're spoiled the city of champions <laughs> uh all right so hopefully we can turn some of you guys out there into champions in fantasy with some of our advice this week um so let's go straight to some questions for week eight uh the one big question of the week uh we saw Kenyon drake go down this week chris carson go down this week um, so everybody out there trying to finalize your lineups going into playoff season, it's trade time. Uh, and the question that I wanted to pose to you is, you know, given all the injuries to running backs thus far this season and all the COVID concerns, uh, what are the five running backs that you trust the most in fantasy going forward for the rest of the season? Do you like to go with some of the studs that are still healthy that are produced all season or some of the guys that are going to be coming back from injury in the next couple of weeks? It's a great question. And in my top five, I, I've got a kind of a, a little bit of both. I've got a few guys that have been studs pretty much since day one or week one, I should say. And then a couple of guys who um, have been nursing some injuries. One guy coming back here pretty soon. Both guys, I guess, potentially coming back this week. And the way I kind of frame the question is, you know, if there if the, you had a redo draft, if you're going to draft from this point for the rest of the season, who would the top five picks be? And I tend to draft running backs high anyway. So at, at one, I had Alvin Kamara. I mean, to me, this is like a no-brainer. I'm not exactly going out of the limb here. And then same thing with number two, and that's Derrick Henry. And then three, one of those guys that has been banged up this season, expects to be coming back here pretty soon, might even play tomorrow night against Atlanta, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I know he's missed uh, all, the, all these games since week two, but I think he's plug-and-play. And I was actually talking to one of my friends who's a Panthers fan, and I was kind of doing the, you know, the the glass half full, um, you know, approach to it where the Panthers have been really good or at least better than what we expected them to be. And Christian McCaffrey's coming back with not a whole lot of hits on him this season. And if his ankle is even 95%, I think you're going to get a pretty good player, a great player coming back here. So I have him at number three. Number four might be a little bit of a surprise. I got James Conner. And outside of week one, he's been as solid as they come. And I just think as the season continues to go, that Pittsburgh's going to rely on the running game a little bit more. And I, I think James Conner's really shown again why he is a quality running back in this league. And then five, I've got Dalvin Cook. Uh, he missed one game. It looks like he's coming back this week. I believe he's going to be active for the Minnesota Vikings. And another guy that's been pretty solid throughout the season, bang, uh, battling that groin injury, but looks to be getting back on track. So um, I had Alvin, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, and Dalvin Cook as maybe my safest options moving forward. I like the Conner one. It's very interesting. Also, I have him in two leagues, so I'm hoping that he does well. Um, he did not crack my top even seven. Oh, interesting. But uh, I do like I do like Conner for the rest of the year. Um, maybe 
potentially a, a nice buy opportunity there if you're so high on him. Um, he could he could definitely be had in some yeah, trades. Absolutely. Uh, my top five, uh, Camara, Henry. So we're one, two, simpatico. Uh, I had Christian McCaffrey at three. Uh, number four, I had Aaron Jones. Uh, he's, I, you know, he's dealing with a little something right now, but I think he's going to be great for the rest of the year. Um, number five, I had Dalvin Cook. And number six, I had Nick Chubb. I think that when he comes back, he's going to be nice and fresh. He's going to go off for a lot of yards, and defense are going to get tired, wear down as the season goes along. And I think that he's just going to rack up yards on the ground. So that would be my top six. Um, so there's a little bit, yeah, there's a little bit of the the studs all season and some guys come back from injury. Nice little mix there. Um, is there any running back a little bit further down that you think that could have a huge uh, back end of the year? Someone that we haven't mentioned yet. Well, one guy that's been great pretty much since day one is James Robinson. Um, and even though we don't have him in the top five, he's a top three or four running back in most leagues right now. And I think he's turned into a pretty reliable option that you can turn to for the rest of the season. So it's Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I mean, that's, an, that's one reason why I didn't have him in my top five and it's tough to put him over these big names that we put on our list. Um, but I think that's a really interesting guy that you can turn to and uh, he'll, he'll be able to produce at least in that RB one spot. The Cleveland Brown situation is really interesting. I, I love the Nick Chubb pick because kind of like you said, he'll be fresh won't have those hits. He'll be ready to rock and roll. But with Kareem Hunt in the mix, that's the only one I'm a little hesitant on. But with the talent that they both – I mean, they both could end up as running back ones down the stretch here. You know, the, the idea that Cleveland wants to run the ball, and uh, even if you had both of those guys in your lineup, it might, it might not be a bad recipe there. I think that's a great recipe if you have both of them on your team. And also, if you look at the weeks that Chubb was healthy, he was a top seven running back mm -hmm. in fantasy – even with Hunt there, um, and Hunt's put on, you know, he's had to shoulder the load. So I think that they're probably going to run him a little bit less and Chubb a little bit more when he comes back. Uh, so that's why I'm a little bit higher on Chubb. And I think that he could have a big end of the season. Um, someone down the list that I'm looking at, who I have a lot of stock in, we've talked about him before on this podcast, but Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think that coming off the bye this week, now playing at Detroit, I think the rest of the season, especially the way that he runs, he's kind of that grinder guy, kind of not quite a Derrick Henry type, but you know, he's going to run up the gut. And I think as defenses open up more as the season goes along and more injuries, uh, guys are a little bit more tired. Uh, I think that Taylor is someone that could have a huge breakout and produce definitely as an RB1 uh, for the rest yeah, of the season. I love that pick. And you, you kind of beat me to the punch there. He's in my buy low category this week. So a nice little preview. And we'll circle back to Taylor here, you know, in a little bit uh, on the show. All right. Uh, so, the second question of the week um, and one from my own current fantasy experience right now in terms of trying to figure out trades and where my roster stand heading into uh, the playoff hunt. Um, would you try to move multiple pieces at this point, pieces that are startable um, right now on your fantasy teams uh, for some sort of big piece or because of COVID and all the injuries that have happened, do you want to kind of keep the flexibility that you have uh, going forward as we head, head into a playoff season. I'm really happy you asked this question because it's really interesting. If it were a week ago, I might have said go for the trade because that's what I did. And I traded for Odell and I got two plays out of him. Oh, no. <laughs> I kind of oh, unloaded no. my wide receiver depth to uh, to add Odell. I kind of I bought low on him. And uh, now I, I am kind of regretting it. I sold high on Robbie Anderson. I packaged that up with uh, with Emmanuel Sanders, and I added Odell to a receiving core that includes uh, Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster. So I was really high on those three guys. 
for the rest of the season. Now I'm looking back on it. Odell goes down. I lose Robbie eight and I lose Emmanuel. And I'm, I'm really wondering if maybe losing that depth was, was worth going after a big name guy. Now, with that said, I think it also, it always comes down to roster construction and what, what pieces you have on your squad and where you can upgrade. If you have some available bench pieces and you, you have some depth, then and you can go get one of those big fish. I, I think that's always a, a good move to, to make. I'm a little hesitant now because I tried to make that move, but depending on where you're upgrading, if you can upgrade your, your tight end position or your running back position and, and use some of those bench guys, I, I, it, it's a move that could potentially win you the league. So it's hard to say that, it, that, that it's bad. You know, the risk is, is there, but the reward's also there too. So I guess it always depends on the trade at the end of the day. All right, so I'll use an example from one of my leagues. I'm in fourth place, 12-team league, uh, and I have Galladay, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, and uh, Antonio Brown, who I've stashed all season. So that's five startable wide receivers. I can only start – I have two wide receiver spots. I have a flex spot. My my running backs are Zeke and Ronald Jones – Quarterback is Herbert because I lost Dak, but Herbert's obviously playable right now. Tight end, TJ Hawkinson. I have other options, Robert Tanyan, Noah Fan. So the question is for me, and this is just an example for people out there thinking about, you know, roster construction and what they can do out there. Um, obviously, I have a surplus of wide receivers. Is it worth getting rid of, let's say, one of those bigger pieces, uh, a Galladay? to try and bring in a stud tight end. So obviously you're trying to target a Kelsey or a Kittle mm-hmm. in the situation. Um, is that a big enough upgrade from Hawkinson to get rid of the wide receiver depth that I have? And this is without seeing Antonio Brown play. If he plays and he's, a, you know, the old Antonio Brown, I might be in a different situation than I am Absolutely. right now. I, I do think that's probably a big enough upgrade. I mean, the, the difference between TJ Hawkinson to Travis Kelsey is, is gigantic or even George Kittle. I mean, that that's huge. And your drop-off at wide receiver, you had you had Cup. I mean, I know you have Galladay, and he might be a potential trade piece, but it was Galladay, Cup, Antonio Brown. And who are the other two? Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin. I think you're covered there, to be honest. I think – It's a, it's a yeah, pretty good five. I, yeah. You almost – part of the, the problem with depth, too, is deciding on who to play each week, too. And that was actually one thing that I was running into every, every week where – I, w- I couldn't seem to make the right start with my wide receiver three every week. And it was easier for me to upgrade there and at least live and die with the lineup that I had, my best lineup every single week, than try to, you know, guess and, 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 and you know, predict the future with which guy I was going to produce. So that's another, you know, factor for me when I'm making trades. And especially when you got guys like that, when you got, you know, three, four, maybe even five solid wide receiver one, wide receiver number two options there. Um, I think that'd be a good move. I'd probably, I'd probably pull the trigger on that trade. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that I would too. Now I gotta make sure the other side wants to do anything, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I think it's interesting, especially trading out of depth like that. You are taking a risk, especially in this COVID year, but you know, if you really want to go for it, it, go, go for the big kill, go for the big shot. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's fantasy, right? It's not real life. It only lasts for the rest <laughs> of the year, so might as well go This is for true. It, right? Hey, you know, you need the horses to win, and anytime you can add a big horse in there and uh, get you that much closer to win it all, it, it I tend to lean to th- that side in making the move. 
All right, let's move on to our third question of the week. One player you're buying low on and one player you're selling high on. So we talked about him a little bit earlier, but it's my buying low is Jonathan Taylor. And he didn't crack my top five as far as the most trustworthy running backs down the stretch, but he was probably there in that somewhere in that six to 10 range. And he had that buzz coming out of the, out of the, out of Wisconsin, his rookie year. And he's shown flashes of why he was such a high draft pick and why people were so high on him coming into the season, but running behind that offensive line, I, I really think as you know, the cold months continue to, to come on and running the ball becomes a bigger a, a bigger emphasis for teams. And I know Indy plays in a dome, but when they go on the road, I just see Jonathan Taylor, that workload going up and him really emerging and, and being one of those trustworthy backs uh, down, down the line. So if you got a chance to get Jonathan Taylor, his stock might not be as low as some of the other guys, but it's not as high as what we envision it. I think that'd be a good move. And then selling high, um, you know, you just mentioned this guy and I don't know if his stock's going to be any higher than his the rest of the season. It totally could be. He's kind of a lotto ticket right now, but Antonio Brown, and if he comes back and he balls out, and I know Chris Godwin's battling a finger now, which maybe opens up some more uh, opportunity for Antonio Brown, but there's a lot of mouths to feed there in, in Tampa Bay. And if someone's looking for a flyer, you might be able to get some pretty good value on Antonio Brown with him not even playing a down so far this season. So that's one guy. I got Justin Herbert on that list too, which I apologize. I didn't realize you had both those guys on your team. Um, but I, I think his value is probably <laughs> at an all-time high right now as well. And Antonio Brown, if he could, like I said, he's a lotto ticket. You could keep him and he could blow up and he might be able to win you the league. But <laughs> there's always those question marks coming around Antonio Brown. And, uh, you know, somebody might be able to overpay for, for that level of talent without even seeing him play with Tampa. All right, my two for the week, my buy low, uh, and we're speaking of tight ends, I'll go to the third one on the list, which is Mark Andrews. Um, now, Andrews had a good start of the season. He's been sleepy since. Uh, I think this is an absolute smash, but I think he's going to be great for the rest of the year, um, especially if you're looking for a tight end and you're trying to look for that top-end production. Uh, I think it's worth giving up some significant pieces in order to get Andrews. Uh, and my sell high, got to be Mike Evans. Like you said, Antonio coming back. Uh, I think it hurts Evan more, Evans more than anyone else, and I would be trying to offload him uh, pretty quickly here. I'm so interested to see the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, I, I think we were both wrong in the first couple of shows. I think we had our huge question marks about Tom Brady specifically and about the Tampa Bay offense. But, man, have they turned the corner? And, and when you integrate a guy like Antonio Brown into that offense, it will be really interesting to see who's touching the ball, to what extent, and uh, if that Buccaneers offense continues to keep rolling, my guess is they will. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. And I think that, uh, you know, hopefully Brady's 43 year old self doesn't catch up <laughs> with him too quickly because they're, they're a lot of fun to watch and they have a great defense that they're, they got they're a, a real contender. They got a chance for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. All right. Let's go on to our gambling fantasy points uh, game. Uh, first one up. Deontay Johnson minus two and a half fantasy points versus Hollywood Brown. Uh, Pittsburgh is minus or plus three and a half at Baltimore this weekend. I'm going uh, to go Marquise Hollywood Brown here, um, and it's it's close. Obviously, the minus two and a half, but I'm going to take Hollywood with the points. Uh, Baltimore's only given up eight passing touchdowns across the entire season, and four of those came in one game to Patrick Mahomes. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh's given up 11 uh, touchdowns through the air. Uh, so, I, and Deontay. 
I feel for the guy. I mean, it seems like he's always battling something. I missed practice today with a toe. I believe he hurt his ankle on Sunday. I assume he'll play, but he just seems to always be banged up. And uh, I don't know if I can input my faith in him on, on any given week. So I'm going to go Hollywood here with the, the plus two and a half. Yeah, I think that I'll go with Hollywood also here. The Deontay thing kind of goes with every Steelers wide receiver at this point. And it kind of worked almost as like a running back by committee type deal. Uh, you never know which one is going to be the guy that week. Um, so it's tough to bank on them. So I would take Hollywood. I do think that you saw A.J. Brown break a big one against the Steelers last week. I think it's possible that Brown can break off another one like that too. I also think it's just a letdown spot for the Steelers uh, facing off in Baltimore against the Ravens who are coming off of a bye. Just a bad spot. So I'll go with and, Hollywood. And to your point, I like one. Baltimore this week too. I mean, Pittsburgh 6-0 and and – well, Baltimore coming off by, and I know that's not exactly what we're talking about, but I think that plays into Hollywood having a big game. So I'm going to, I'm with you. I think that sounds like we're both going to go with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Second one of those this week, uh, Kareem Hunt pick him versus Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are plus two and a half at I'll preface Browns. this by saying, I think both players are just going to ball out and are in store for huge weeks this week. I mean, both defenses have been horrible. Um, but with that said, I'm going to pick Kareem Hunt slightly. Um, I just think Vegas has been somehow even worse than Cleveland on defense, and especially against the run and especially against running backs. So I'm going to go Kareem Hunt here and a pick him, but it's close. I think both team, I think both guys are going to have a day on Sunday. Yeah, I actually think this is the Josh Jacobs bounce back game. He's been a little dicey. Um, I think that he's going to have a huge game here. I think Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt's going to have you know, 10 or 15 mm-hmm. points easy in this game too. Uh, but I think Jacobs is due for a, you know, 120 total yards and two touchdown type of game. So I'll lean him there. Although I think that I like the Browns in the game, uh, but I'll take Jacobs. Well, I haven't got a chance to go in six and, six and two. I never thought that was going to happen, but. Yeah, absolutely. It might be a regression later in the season, yeah. but they, they look solid. Um, number three, Travis Fulham, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, I believe this game is Sunday night football um, versus CD lamb. Uh, Dallas is plus seven and a half. I think you're right. I think it is uh, Sunday night football and I'm going to kind of keep this short and sweet. Last week on the show, I said, I got my new strategy and I'm just going to pick against Dallas, especially with the wide receivers. I'm going to go full game here with the minus one and a half. Uh, I'm with you here just because I have no idea who in the heck is throwing <laughs> the ball to CD lamb at this point. Uh, so it seems like Fulham's going to be the guy. Uh, yeah, he's been great ever since he got inserted in the starting lineup. And I think that probably continues. Lamb, you know, he's capable of a big game, but someone's got to get him the ball. So yep. uh, we got to go with Fulham right, right here. All right. Uh, let's move on to our final segment of the podcast. Uh, best bet for week eight and your fantasy breakout start. So for best week eight. bet, is, I'm going to go Tennessee minus five and a half at Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals have actually been really good against the spread uh, so far this season. They're five and two against the spread. Um, but I just think Tennessee is going to be too much. I think uh, King Henry, Derek Henry is going to be the king and show why he's leading the league in rushing um, again this season. And, and just they're going to pull away in the second half and beat the Bengals by more than a touchdown. So I like Tennessee to cover the five and a half on the road against Cincinnati. And then my fantasy breakout star, we're going back to that Oakland and Cleveland game. I'm going to go Henry Ruggs the third. 
I mean, Cleveland has just been abysmal on the on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. And Ruggs has shown some ability so far this season. It's been a slow rookie campaign. He's only caught eight passes, but he's shown his explosiveness. He's averaging 26 and a half yards per catch. And I just think he's going to have a field day against that Cleveland secondary. Too much speed out there. And uh, I think he's in, in store for 100 yards and maybe a couple touchdowns. So if you got Henry Ruggs, I think he might be a good play this week. All right, my best bet for the week is Indianapolis minus two and a half at Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit's probably overvalued after that miracle comeback win against the Falcons and the Colts. I think this is an all defense game. I think they're going to show up. And I think that off of a bye, a great spot, not depending on Phillip Rivers to put up a ton of points in this game. So I think on the, the short favorite, I will take the Colts. Uh, in terms of the breakout for this week, I'm going to go to your best bet. I'm going to go to Jonu Smith. Uh, he has stunk it up the last two games. He has three total points. But Cincinnati is terrible defending the tight end this year. You saw what Harrison Bryant uh, did last week, putting up two touchdowns, I believe, 60 total receiving yards. Um, I think that Smith is due for a breakout game. I'll call for him to have over 70 receiving yards and a touchdown Big bounce uh, back weekend. game there for Johnny. I could see it. I could see it. Like you said, Cincinnati, man, they've had their struggles, especially defending the tight end position. So this could be a great play for Johnny. Uh, and I hope so for your best bet that uh, he's able to I hope to come so too. That's probably the game way. I'm probably going to lay a little money on. So we'll keep our fingers crossed there. I like it. All right. Uh, that does it for the Champions Run show. Thank you for joining us as always. Uh, Michael, we will talk to you next week.